Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it with, you made it with, you made it with. What's happening, weirdos? Uh, first of all, I, I just wanted to say thank you for all the the wonderful feedback uh, from the HBO special that aired this past Saturday, Faces and Sounds. Uh, if, if you're interested in seeing me do stand-up, that is still available, obviously, on HBO Go, HBO Now, and the uh, regular cable uh, you know, channel HBO. Huh? Hey, check it out. I don't know why I turned into Norm McDonald there. But thanks for all the positive feedback. I'm so happy with it. I watched it. I enjoyed it. It was exciting for me, and I'm so happy to share it with you guys. Um, I'm also excited to share Jim Atkins, a wonderful talk with the lead singer of Jimmy Eat World. I've been a fan of Jimmy Eat World for many years, and it was a thrill to sit down with him. I do want to point out that, uh, like a couple episodes here, we recorded this before the election. I just say that just in case. I don't think it did. But in case it did come up, if uh, if you hear two grown men talking like they don't know what's going on in the world, it's because it was uh, recorded before uh, the election. So that, that'll clear that up pretty quickly. I do want to say thank you to Squarespace for their support of this episode. I don't know what you guys are, are up to in your lives, but chances are whatever you do, you might need, you probably need, I'm going to upgrade that might to a probably, you probably need a website. And if you do, and you want to sh- uh, have a great place to do it and show your support of this show, you got to use Squarespace. It's so easy. It's wonderful. Whether you need a landing page, uh, something simple or a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. So start a free trial today at squarespace.com. When you use the offer code WEIRD, you'll get 10% off your first purchase. Uh, thank you so much for your support, Squarespace. We always appreciate it. And uh, if you need a website, get into it. Squarespace, set your website apart. I also wanted to say that uh, after Louis Anderson and I chatted about a specific type of hemp oil he gave me because of a, a, a condition I have on my right hand um, it, with my tendon. I was experiencing uh, some discomfort there. He gave me this hemp oil. We talked about how much we love it. And since then, my Twitter, my Facebook, every way you can uh, reach me, people have been emailing and asking, what is this oil that I love so much? So I wanted to take a second here to shout out Charlotte's Web. That is the company that makes, uh, they grow this hemp that is the only one that I could find that was food-grade hemp. Like, they're not making it for ropes and belts and shirts. They're making it for human consumption. So I love this company, and I love this product. I started using it from my hand, uh, but I started noticing all these other wonderful benefits. It's basically what I've been looking for. Uh, it's not its not uh, marijuana in the sense that we think of it. It's not THC, which is the psychoactive part of weed that makes me uh, incapable of holding a conversation or watching a movie or certainly reading is <laughs> out of the question. This is CBD, so they've kind of used uh, the miracle of science and split CBD from THC. So this is the non-psychoactive, completely functional. You can read, you can watch a movie. There's no cloudiness, just a good, clean, happy glow that I love when I use this. It's wonderful. It doesn't, I want to be clear, it's, it's legal. It ships legally to 50 states. It doesn't get me high. It's great. Uh, there's no like negative or anything paranoid. There's nothing negative about it. It's just a calm, alert, feeling and, and my hand doesn't hurt anymore. It's just comfortable so I can live my life. I also notice um, 
and this was kind of the most exciting thing for me, was that I was just drinking less. I, I just wasn't having the need to drink as much or at all a lot of nights because I, I couldn't tell if was I drinking before because I maybe had a headache or like a crick in my neck or maybe my hand was hurting or whatever it was. When I take this oil, I'm just good. I know this sounds kind of too good to be true, but I really am. I reached out to these guys because I was like, I love this. This isn't like an official ad in that sense. I was like, I love this. I know that you guys aren't um, allowed to, I think because of the, the nature of hemp, it's kind of like sex toys in the sense that you can't advertise on Facebook or Twitter. I was like, please, you got to get into podcasts. Help me help you. What is this? Jerry Maguire? But help me, help me. I want to get the word out and people seem to want something like this. This is just a Pete's Pick, baby. Pete's Picks. The first of many. Pete's Picks. Uh, so we actually got 10% off. They, I was so enthusiastic. They were like, let's set up a landing page. We'll give 10% off to your listeners. Uh, so if you go to CW, like Charlotte's Web, CWHemp.com slash weird. That's our landing page. And the, um, the promo code you use is you made it weird, all one word. And that's 10% off, which is incredible. This is a promo code I will be using. I'm not just telling you to use it. I'm going to use it. I love this stuff. I use the Everyday one. I also love the Everyday Plus. I haven't tried the Everyday Advanced yet, but everything they've made so far is incredible, and I really uh, am happy to share that with you guys. We also have a a new sponsor, which I'm also excited about, is uh, Foot Cardigan. I don't know if you know this, but I love a good funky sock. It's like a little secret you have under your pants, but then you cross your legs, and people are like, ooh, you're more fun than I thought. But I don't like shopping for socks, and this is where Foot Cardigan comes into play. And it's the holiday season. I know some of us are there at one point or another. You had a, too much eggnog. You lost track of time. Or, and now, next thing you know, you've blown it. You've blown it in the gift-giving department. Don't worry. You don't have to be that person again. You don't have to be a holiday ruiner. Instead, you can give the gift of Foot Cardigan to everybody on your list this year. It's a, it's a perfect gift. They deliver fun socks right to your mailbox, ensuring the delivery of joy and fuzziness to men, women, and children all over the world every month. And the best part, you don't even choose them. Who wants to choose them? I don't want to be choosing socks. I want to wear socks, not choose. They choose them for you. You're guaranteed to get some amazing surprises every month. And surprises, who doesn't love surprises? Starts at just nine bucks a month. Foot cardigan socks are a fantastic holiday or any day gift. So get them for everyone you love. Or treat yourself and get them for yourself. Get your own feet a subscription. Because you got you got to love yourself and your feet. Uh, it's so convenient. It's so fun. These are great socks. Maybe you saw it on Shark Tank on ABC. This is what I've been looking for. If you and Personally, if you want fun socks, you don't want to shop for them. That's why I love foot cardigan so we got a good deal for you here go to footcardigan.com get 10 percent off your purchase with coupon code weird that's footcardigan.com enter offer code weird at checkout for 10 percent off and get funky in your feetsies i made that up get funky in your feetsies with foot cardigan all right guys thank you squarespace uh and thank you uh foot cardigan and again if you guys are curious about charlotte's web that is the hemp oil that louis anderson got from me And it is just exactly what I've wanted, and I hope you like it too. So use that offer code. I'm so grateful that they're giving it to us. And enjoy Jim Atkins, guys. Get into it. How's it going? How was the show? The show last night was amazing. Yeah? Let's do this. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah? I think the last time we played Troubadour was in 2005, maybe, doing like, like a smaller, smaller club play 
for what our does that record mean? Smaller to, club. Well, just like I mean, fewer we could, people. We could probably do a bigger room. Yeah, it's a small room. I play yeah. the troubadour. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. You're a, I mean, you're a big rock and roll band. I'm not saying that to just butter your bread. I, I was kind of surprised. Like I was, your uh, Wikipedia photo, for example, is at the 9:30 Club, which is a club that I've played in DC. And yeah, I was like that's the best, isn't I, it? I, well, is it? It must be deliberate. You must yeah. like a real show, like a like a re- like you can feel the audience. Yeah, I mean, we're just getting started with this new record and um, doing a show like Troubadour or Roxy or um, like Glasshouse in Pomona. Sure. Like it's it's just an awesome way to to kind of break it re- in. reintroduce ourselves and connect with the hardcore fans. Yeah, sure. Because that's it, who's coming to these things are like people who are actively like oh you know following you and and paying attention to when you're playing right and jumping on it. it there, I forgive me, I'm a fan, but I don't really know the climate of Jimmy Eat World. Where are you in your overall career? It sounds like you're making some sort of comeback. Is that what's uh, happening? <laughs> Not a comeback. There, there is an implication that you've gone somewhere, but again, I don't know what the climate is. To me, you're just a big rock band. It, you know, in, in a way, things do feel a little bit different going into this next record that we just put out. Um, Can I just say, by the way, every time you say record, it makes me feel so legit. Like it's just this record. little podcast, and, and, yeah. you, and when I've, always, it's a dream to have someone be like, you know, with this record, we really, I'm just like, ah, like I'm pretending like it's not really cool to me. It's neat. It's what, fun. That it's and you do. I mean, that's what you say. That's what musicians say. They talk about their records. Yeah, or album. If I said album, does that give it no, a record? No, I don't like record? it. Record is a way better word. Long player. LP. Yeah, our new long LP. Long player. Yeah. <laughs> that's very funny. We just put out our new long player that's... Uh... We're putting... <laughs> TJ Miller, dear friend, his album was called The Extended Play EP. The Extended Play, Extended Play. Exactly. Yeah, that's... that's like that's ATM witty. machine. Yeah. yeah. Automatic teller machine. 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 Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that you knew that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You're in business. Hey, cooking with gas. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So this so uh forgive me for not understanding, but tell me where you are and you were telling me what the feel is with this one, this record. Yeah. Um well, we've been the band started in 1994. Good year. Were you in high school? It was our senior year of high school. I yeah, all right. It was my and, sophomore um, year of high school. I was just farting into mattresses and stuff. you're forming a band what are you bono well i mean <laughs> believe me like the 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 level and professionalism and ambitions of our band in 94 was probably not all that we real bad farting into a mattress <laughs> it was the musical equivalent yeah you know we're just, my farts we're just, i mean we're come on you're in high school you start a band with your friends and we just played I mean, my high school band uh three two three episodes we played i, I hadn't heard it in 15 years and we played oh it. no way i was really i was thinking i was going to be embarrassed yeah. and it was way more hardcore than i remembered it was you guys were kind of punky you still are yeah punk, well punky. i mean <laughs> but i read in your thing that it was more punk when you started yeah i think when you're when you're getting going and uh you know especially like in that time when I think like so it's, it's the formative years of listening to music. Yeah. Um, combined with getting to know people like the, the just the dynamics of playing in bands with people is, is new. The politics. Yeah. So you're, did you have well, the, the po- one guy that never wanted to practice? <laughs> no, I mean, everyone, everyone wanted to practice cause it was just about having fun. I mean, uh, Okay, good. Uh, but 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 just like you know, you're feeling out like just how it works. Like yeah. what do you, what do you do to be a band, and how does co- how does contributing toward songwriting how? how? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, no one teaches, no one tells you what to do. It's I just, remember having very strong opinions, and I wasn't really sure where they came from. 
Like I played bass, for example, uh-huh. and I was like, the bass player can't sing. I just got that from you know. <laughs> It's, imaging, yeah. like yeah. like uh, pop imaging, where I was like, I loved Green Day, and I was like, the guitarist sings, and it needs to be a three piece because that's the most punk rock. I would go to family, um, re- like events and and mics, like extended, like aunts and uncles and people like that, and I'd tell them I I played in a band, and they'd be like, like, so you don't have a keyboard player? <laughs> like, how can you be a band if you don't have a keyboard player? Isn't that funny? I guess we yeah. all have our ideas. Yeah. But you and I, similar age, uh, you're, you're, you're a senior and I'm a sophomore, so maybe we like some of the same groups. Who, 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 where were you getting your ideas of what a band is at that time? Uh, at that... Mirror. You know, at that time, it was, it was, uh, it was definitely more on the, the punk side of things. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, that, that could mean a whole lot of different things depending on where you grew up. For sure. And this is in Arizona. Yeah. So I have to assume you loved MXPX. I'm just kidding. I, I don't know any bands from Arizona. <laughs> MXPX is not. <laughs> they're from they're Arizona. From, no, they're not. Let's start they that are? rumor. We don't know. Legendary we... <laughs> Phoenix band, MXPX. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. Who, who was it? I was just at a party last night and somebody, it must have been on uh, some sort of Pandora or something, and it played Minor Threat. And I was shocked at how instantly I went back to like loving it. Right. Not not kind of liking it. And I was just kind of standing there very still and normal. Little did the person who was talking to me know that I was really being transported back to 1995. Yeah. I didn't really get into Minor Threat. You that know, was that was the kids that was the kids maybe two grades older than me. Really older, yeah. so I was super young to like minor threat because I was. Two but I liked seven younger. seconds though, so it was it was kind so of like I, I had I got caught okay. on weird stuff. At, I never heard. I think I saw seven seconds play live ones, but I never got into them. I don't know. That was like my first like punk rock show. I think was seeing seven seconds. Play. Really, yeah. that's fun. Is that a rodeo reference? Like the Luke Perry movie, eight seconds. I don't know, man. <laughs> Do you so know what like, it's referencing? No. Could be no, I don't. Terrible. Like the circle jerks. It could be, uh, yeah, like one second short of a rodeo. Seven seconds. How about that? One second, one short, second of short of a rodeo. Yeah. Like, a, like a you know a new a new alt thing for failing. That one, guy's that guy's one second short of a rodeo. That's not bad. It could also be the name of this the the book about seven seconds. So you got into them. The memoir. And how did you negotiate that? How did you decide that you were going to – were you playing guitar at the time? Yeah. I was and how did you decide well, that you were going to play guitar as opposed to bass, which you probably I, could have played? I uh, – well, you know, the, the drummer in our band. Yes, I is, know him. Is, yeah, Zach. Uh, his mother was our preschool teacher. Oh. So – and we, we grew up in – we went through the same public school system. And the other two guys in the band went through, like, the, the rival high school kind of system. Okay. And – uh, you know, I would I would just mess around with with uh, our drummer Zach like on weekends or whatever. I'd come over to his house and just jam because we did that. Yeah, just he and you. Yeah, it wasn't like we weren't like starting a band or anything. We were just messing around with. I don't know. I'd say, I don't, that I don't know like what something we did. you'd say if your sister came in. It's like it's not like we're starting a band or anything. Like, it's yeah. kind of defensive. We're just having fun. No, man, we're just jamming. It's not like we're in a band. <laughs> yeah, but secretly somewhere in your brain, you're like, this could be a band. I don't know. I don't know. If, oh, that would be like eighth grade that we were we would just jam yeah it was, when it was did just it, fun when did it solidify did I mean, you, in high school in high school the idea of forming groups became more of like a oh let's do this in general kind of yeah in general and the, you know there's there was a you got to know people of like-minded musical taste pretty quickly mm-hmm. like the people that play lots of people played but there but there was a really small group of people that played like the the kind of more punk stuff yeah 
Easy um, to find a small little niche. Yeah. 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 I mean, everyone, everyone knew everybody. And um, did you have a, a business sense? I'm always interested in successful artists, right? It's like we're doing what we love. But yeah. at some point, and I was this way even when I was in a band in high school, I was like, this is what we'll call it. This is what the fans will be called. Like, did you Isn't have that, any delusions? That's, no, no, we didn't. I mean, it, it was the loftiest goal that we had when we formed was like, let's let's put out a seven inch. No like, that way. Would be, that would be. Can I just? The, that would be like, dude. Huge. Yeah. yeah. Holding, yeah. holding a record right. with our music on it. Yeah, yeah, would be yeah. like the ultimate. And it, if it has a UPC symbol on it, I remember that being like something that made... Th- I didn't know exactly what UPC symbols were, <laughs> but I was like, that means it's a real thing. Like, that's a tattoo of the beast. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. I remember, I remember some... Yeah, that was... Uh, I mean... It, so there's no one in the group going like, we gotta get on Warp Tour when you're no. like 15. <laughs> no, the idea... None of that entered our minds at all. I really? Mean, n- yeah. Just four purists? The idea, the idea of self-promotion was so... It just seemed like a crazy thing to, to put any kind of hope in. Yeah. Or any kind of real... Um, you know, we, we were... I, I, don't, I don't know. I can't describe it. Like That, that never who, crossed our minds. Who? I mean, Zach, our drummer, was probably the most business Did he, savvy I was going to say, person. someone at some point played tom hanks in that thing you do and it was a like, little bit guys no but i mean not <sighs> really i can't really. i'm shocked then who discovered you that started whipping your butts <laughs> somebody it, whipped your butts there's no way four high school we, kids were just like we let's not did you go to college did you yeah just, i went to college for about a year and a half and uh up in flagstaff yeah in in arizona and i would drive home on weekends we'd practice really or, like once a month we'd do a local show but eventually you dropped out Oh yeah, and there was yeah. nobody in, in some sort of fedora with a cigar going, Jim. What are you doing studying economics? Get your fucking ass yeah. over here and write Bleed American. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's it's kind of wild. Like, um, so we we just we were just all about having fun and didn't have any it. any illusions that it could be. I mean, I loved playing music, and I have no doubt that I would always do something with music, whether or not it was a band or you know that could be. Like I was studying classical guitar in college because I, I, I thought that I don't know what I thought, but it was just I I enjoyed it. That's awesome. Yeah, I I was it. The band kind of came together and opportunities came up at a time where I was still. I think we were all just kind of going with life and trying to like roll with just being a kids, and um, <laughs> it came along as an opportunity, and we we decided that you know at worst we'd have some funny stories about coming to L.A. That's funny. Yeah. Well, what happened was, so my senior year in high school, um, another really long-term friend, long, 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 uh, old friend of mine decided like, you know, I'm going to be a record label. Really? Yeah. And, and I'm going to put out my friend's records, which consisted of like, you know, paying for manufacturing and sending to like sending like a dozen records to various zines for reviews. <laughs> that, that was it, you know? That was his label. That was, that's, yeah, I mean, we it didn't It was know. just called Derek. We didn't know what to do. I mean, no one knew what to do. It was just like, oh, let's just do this. And, yeah. And, um, so that sounds like a serendipitous sort of, there's a guy that, that was forward thinking or whatever. Yeah, kind of, And yeah. really loved you guys. Yeah, and I mean, I think, I think he, was, he just loved the idea of, of facilitating art and music. And How are all these people so pure? Are we keeping you all in Arizona? 
That's Am I something. so L.A. now? Well, I was in Boston growing up, but I was like, we need to think of a way that we can do this. Because I'm looking at my fucking dad and my mom, and I was like, these people right. are squares. I don't want to do this. So it wasn't just like money. So it was about having fun, but it was like, I, think I want to be out there. The the whole the, the DIY punk aesthetic and, and uh, you know, just general um, guidance of, of – of, Going down, going down, like making your decisions on on, a, on a, with that in mind as as like a as just a doing route it to pass, yeah. yeah. That 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 kind of ruled out the idea of expectations beyond just what you can. And maybe 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 Phoenix was part of it. Maybe Arizona was part of it because it was so. It's such a, such a spread out town, and the scene was so small, and the people that were doing, you know, it's it's kind of always been this way. Like I feel like there's great people doing great work but it's really difficult to get that critical support to break out of the scene that you started that you right, created right. it i mean it's awesome because you can do anything you want but it's bad because this like, is what i say about chicago yeah. i started stand-up in chicago and i was like no one here is doing stand-up to make it onto tv there is no tv yeah and we were all just doing it so i can relate to the purity right but at some point i, I guess we were like you guys moved to la as well who was we we oh, never moved to L.A. You didn't? Uh-uh. I thought when you, you said, oh, you just meant, I thought you were alluding to moving to L.A. You just went to play in L.A. Like, we'll have a funny yeah, yeah, story we'll have about some funny going. stories about, about, you know, right running into whatever happens in L.A. Did you watch the Tom Petty documentary? They had no, that same no. sort of thing coming from Florida, and they were like, yeah. Yeah, why not? But it was I mean, back in the, the, that was back in the day you'd walk into Capitol Records with a tape or something, yeah. and, and maybe someone would listen to it. Right, you know? right. That it's was, crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. But you, what, what was your, uh, have you told the story a million times? Is this something you talk about a lot? No, not really. You seem engaged. I just don't want to lose Sometimes, you. like the, uh, I, I mean, so my, my buddy who decided he'd put out one of our records and I was, I was friends with another, uh, one of the persons that was involved in the label was also, uh, me, me and him and a couple other dudes were like, let's be promoters. No way. <laughs> let's put on punk shows. And... <laughs> Um, Let's start crossing. Our yeah, so we 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 you know <laughs> we we just we just set up like the worst seven band shows for anybody who wanted to come to town. That's so <laughs> I feel funny. really I feel really bad for anyone that that we had that we worked with. You Why know, did but, you like, not get audiences? Well, we'd have no idea what we were doing. I mean, we did the best that we could, and we thought that like the you know our I, I guess our our standards were pretty low yeah <laughs> for what we were expecting but um <laughs> you know so we 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 listed ourselves in um maximum rock and roll they had a supplemental magazine called book your own fucking life that was like a resource guide this is all pre this is 95 or 94 even and um yeah you know, we listed our we listed ourselves as promoters in in the the Arizona section like you could you could write you in and called say yourself a promoter. yeah like hey man yeah you need yeah. help it was it was it was a resource guide for for bands and uh um you know just to kind of network and and to help out with promoting and touring across the country uh-huh. and, and i think i think some some canadian people wrote in and listed themselves but <laughs> this band from colorado so it's international yeah it's, it's an international list yeah <laughs> it's kind of it's i mean it's funny to 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 think about this stuff that like that's how you did things like you you mailed a promoter, like you know, can you help me out with the show? And then they would write you back, maybe, 
Yeah. But yeah. We, yeah, sure. You know, and then the correspondence would kind of go like that. Like, yeah. It, I remember writing fan yeah. mail to like actual fan mail to groups that I liked on the back of flyers and they'd reply on the back of flyers. Oh, yeah. Like this weird underground railroad of like yeah. secret punk fan mail. Yeah. But it is weird. And yeah. you just call yourself a band or you just call yourself a promoter. It, it yeah. seemed a little bit more legit. There was no, let me see your website. Let me see your, your YouTube clips of you playing. You know, I mean, maybe you'd send tapes yeah. and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But it wasn't as rigorous, maybe. So this band from from Colorado called Christie Front Drive sent our promoter, our horrible promotion company, um, like some records and said we need help with the show because we're touring and going to California for opening up for a band called Sensefield, and um, it was great. We 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 loved it. It was like yeah, dude, we'll totally help you out. So they came to town and played a horrible show that we set up for them. You know, like and. Uh, my and buddy, were you paying them, regardless of how bad it was? Well, I mean, like uh, what we what we what we could. I mean, I don't and think that was the deal. I don't it, think we made any money. It was a door ever. deal. Yeah, they uh, knew it was a like. There's, there's you'll X get of what happens. Here. Yeah, yeah, we'll do the best we can. You know, like, you showed them some basic math at the end. Oh, uh, there was no there was no here. math. I mean, you could do the math in your head <laughs> yeah, exactly. with how many people were there in the door. <laughs> Freddie was my guest, so that's yeah, one less. and like tickets were like seven bucks or five bucks for you know. It's, it's, it blows my mind now thinking about some of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, but, but you weren't playing on these shows. These were just – you're producing these shows. Yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah uh, but my friend who was involved in the label and the production company – this sounds like all pro, but it was just kids like just saying that they were no, these I things. Um, he asked them if they wanted to do like a split seven-inch with us. Oh, wow. And without even hearing us. Three they and said, a half inches. Yeah. Yeah, they want to split a seven inch. Uh, without even hearing us, they said, yeah, cool. So they, they kept, you know, they went, they kept on tour and they opened up for Sensefield in LA and a scout from Capitol was at the show and he saw them and really liked what they were doing. He said, what else do you guys have? You know, what do you guys, what kind of records do you have coming out? I said, well, we're doing the split record with this band from Arizona. No. So the scout from Capitol. What a key moment. They could have been like, like the drummer starts saying, we're doing the split set. And he pushes them. We're doing our own seven inch. Yeah. (laughs) And so the guy. They were loyal. They they remember in their big moment. Yeah. That was your break. They split a seven inch and their break with you. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, they weren't, I I don't think they were into working with, with uh, a big label. At the Capital. time. No, yeah, but but like they... They were that punk rock. Like you knew guys that were like, I wouldn't oh, sign... Oh, people, people were really leery of, of, of that. I mean, we decided to do it just because... Well, so the scout showed, got, hunted down our first 7-inch that we succeeded in making and showed it for the A&R guy that he worked for. And then, like, all, we had... You know, I, I came back from college to do our monthly local show and, and there was a, a dude from Capitol Records at the gig. <laughs> We'd been a band. We'd been a band eight months. No, and you know had like because another had, band went on tour for you. Like they went and did the legwork. This amazing providential kind of. It's really trip to LA. it's really bizarre. Do you spend time thinking about that? Sometimes it's almost yeah. like you don't want to tempt fate. Sometimes I think about the breaks that I've gotten, and I'm like, if this, this, or this, if you hadn't produced some horrible show by your own admission, these yeah. like kind of low budget do it yourself shows. This wouldn't have happened, and that would have happened. And then this guy comes to your show. Yeah, in, and, and was he in a suit or was he wearing some no, sort of no, leather no. jacket, black t-shirt? No, he was. He was. <laughs> he was just jeans and t-shirt. Mm. You know. Okay. Just wanting, you know, and that's and you know, we started a conversation with him, and eventually um, did a deal with Capital. No way. 
So he was at the show. Did you know before you played that he was in the audience? No. Fuck yeah. yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't know. No, I didn't know. We didn't know. You we just played care. your yeah. little hearts out. We're just doing our thing. You just did your thing. Yeah. You are the purest cocaine. <laughs> You're 100%. <laughs> I can't believe it. You're just doing your shit. And Capitol Records is there. So afterwards, did you... It's amazing. Was really, it an yeah. amazing show? Was it an unlikely... No, it was... I have no idea. I don't even remember the show, but it was... We were... We were uh, I don't know. But it was good. It, I mean, it was good enough. It had to have been great. I, I guess. I mean, we had... <laughs> we had no idea. Listen to the pure cocaine. <laughs> White is I the driven snow. I guess. Man. I shouldn't have said cocaine because that has a nefarious association, obviously. You're white as the driven snow. <laughs> it's crazy. I don't want to walk on you for fear of trampling your majesty. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all good. But, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it was just... And, and, and what did know, he going say? back to... He was just like, yeah, um, you know, his name is Craig Aronson. Uh-huh. Super awesome dude. Like, um, he passed away two years ago. But... um like really gave us the you know it it, it it afforded us like the opportunity to um develop mm-hmm. oh because he gave like, you criticism <clears throat> well because he gave us money to record records in a uh, in a on a and give us yeah he did give us you know criticism or notes on on but that was it it was kind of like a we want to work with you yeah so it was. What I was going to say to you is every moment that I've had where something's been sold or we're going to make it mm-hmm. was never. A one meeting, firm handshake. We're going to do this, kid. But you're saying you did get. Well, he said that. He, I mean, it, it was a it was it was a couple meetings process. Like, okay. You know, I, I want to do this this like kind of trial development time with you, and then at the end of that, like we can either, you know, we either pick up the option to do a record with you. So they or, did give you like a little bit of a. I've been yeah. very fascinated lately, and I've been saying it on the podcast a lot lately. When you want to join Project Mayhem, the club, the Fight Club club, remember Fight right, Club? Right, They make you stand on the porch for three days. Right. I, I've noticed that all reputable establishments or proven commodities, not commodities, proven factories of creativity want you to stand on the porch for three days. So here he comes and says, we like you. I don't think it was standing on the porch. It was, it was basically not like. Not in the fuck you, but like, let's see if you can do this. Like, are you going to do the work? I'm going to say, let's keep it, you know, as a trial, but it's I think up he to wanted, you. I think he just wanted to get something going and see where it went right because he i don't know he but don't saw you think he was us. like we i like what you did but for all i know you guys are getting high all day and you won't write a new song yeah or you, possibly or I you mean, won't we were... take notes or you won't or or your drummer is going to get married like in that thing you do <laughs> it wasn't the drummer. yeah possibly it's the bass player i mean we were still growing and figuring out us as a as a as a as a band dynamic like with songwriting and you know just how it all works right so maybe there was a little bit of foresight there, like let's give these guys a little bit of time, you know, and we can help them out with we can help them out with like getting shows out of town, maybe, or putting them in touch with like manager or booking agent, or you know, rounding out. Just, just let's develop. And was the whole band excited, or was one guy kind of like, watch out, this is how they get you? We were, uh, you know, I don't know. Or were you all a little bit? 50? The punk rock kids in us were all were a little bit like leery yeah you know but then the reality was nobody no one else was was calling with an opportunity right and you know oh why not you know it doesn't work it doesn't work right or we don't nothing happens of it it's not fun we, we don't we stop you know like whatever right I, I guess what is 
I'm a little embarrassed that I was always like when I was a kid, I was like, what's the big deal? Like Green Day went with Geffen with for Dookie. And yeah. that was the album that I found Green Day. And then I went back right. and found old Lookout records, but I, I had to right. go back. So I was like, Geffen is how I found Green Day. Why would I be mad at the label that brought it to my lame suburb? You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't cool enough to know. Maybe that's it. Maybe there's some cachet in being cool and you have to find it and you have to go to the shows and discover them. But I was like, this shit's on the radio. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> what was right? So I always had that opinion of like, what's so bad? And here, you guys, did you feel like you were selling out? Is that the problem? I'm talking about when you were a kid. I think it was just more concern than anything else. Like, our, our, our peer group of other like punk rock buddies just concerned about like, you know, you hear all the horror stories about bands getting screwed or ending up like with their masters just shelled after spending all their money, you know, and not, no, not, not having a chance of it being released or being out of control of your art, your creation, you know, it's like, and not owning it. And you know, like all the, uh, just all that. Sure. That was, that was the real like kind of fears and leeriness of it. Right. And maybe, yeah, you should be. Did it end yeah. up working out okay? Yeah. Are these? Where, <laughs> Did it, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're here. But maybe, maybe you had to be like, get burned and run away from these guys. I mean, I was listening to your new record, which is amazing. Uh, and I wasn't listening to it very critically. I was just like enjoying it. So I don't have any like thoughtful. I just loved it. I thought it was oh, great. Thanks. It's so good. Really, really, really awesome. And there seemed to be an angry, again, I could be way off. Uh, music industry song. Am I wrong in assuming that the second track is about the music industry? Um, if that's where you want to take it, man, that's that's. I'm not going to get in the way of it. Um, your, no, your, but your no. manager's downstairs, Jim. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, actually, there, maybe it's not about that. There's nothing really about the music industry on the record. It's, you know, it sounded like a song. Uh, uh, again, I, I believe you. It sounded like a song. I, my interpretation was like, oh, this is what. In my experience, in my field, comedians can feel the same way as you have an idea and then somewhere along the line it's like taken away from you or whatever. That hasn't really mm. happened to me, but I have friends where they're like, oh, wow, yeah. the, I, the line just got let out and I lost the fish. And now we, it's their fish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, we, we've had experiences like that, but it, it usually comes from uh, letting – you always got to kind of drive the conversation. Yeah. And you always have to be like, you know, giving people what to telling them what to the, 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 Yeah. The, 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 the less you have to rely on other people for, especially like creative direction, the better off you're going to be. Mm. Otherwise it's going to get made for you and that's not going to be like what you intended. So like you better, have gonna, an, you better have a, an answer yeah. for, for any question that comes up. Like why? Like think about, <laughs> think about like, uh, um, you know, German interviews. Like, <laughs> Jimmy, interest. Jimmy World. Why this album? Why <laughs> have you done any foreign press? <laughs> no, it's oh, dude. is that what you get? Oh, that man. is the most German thing ever. There's, there's like, there's. I mean, I we do really well in Germany. I love going there, and people are so awesome. But like, there's, there's this like brutal honesty that I think is is kind of. It's, it's it might be like a trans like a, a cultural thing or it might be a, just a, a translation thing like they don't think they're being rude like, rude the but word it's like, why is it's this time is not it's, so good yeah. last time was much better <laughs> I'm like thinking they're giving you a compliment you know like this maybe it would be maybe you would be good if there was more of you on stage <laughs> or like just they think yeah. they're offering constructive criticism yeah like they're hooking you up man yeah. like, this is gold <laughs> take notes <laughs> but 
I just no, had someone say fun. to me, uh, they saw an early episode of the TV show we're doing, and they were like, it's great, and I was worried. And that alone was enough to make me be like, hey, uh, I, can't, I couldn't yeah. handle Germany as well. Yeah. <laughs> but you need to learn to have an yeah, answer Now, when I what. heard you were doing TV, I was petrified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't think you could do it. That's basically what this person said. And I, I knew- was so skeptical. He had good intentions. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> he was being very German in that moment. Yeah. He was like, to be honest, I was yeah. very nervous for you. And I think it's okay. It's, it turned out well. It's this like, whole idea of you putting yourself out there in front of people, I don't know. <laughs> and it, yeah. Well, Katie and I were talking about, it's an interesting thing, a relationship you have with a band is like some bands, you love, the f- you love five albums of theirs or whatever. And some bands, you get every album that they put out. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I have to imagine that's the special rarefied air where it's like people get really excited for the new stuff. You know what I'm saying? What, what do you make of that? Like, how do, how do you stay relevant? I mean, I feel like this, this album is like, fucking hey, like, here we are. It's amazing and it, it sounds so great. Is that to get people excited, keep people excited about the new stuff? I guess I'm asking you why. This new <laughs> album, Why? <laughs> Well, that's, is that in your mind? No, it's think, like we think, need to I think, keep people, we but, need to stay fresh with them? No. Pure I think, is the I think, driven snow. I think, <laughs> well, I mean, the minute you start chasing the approval of some imaginary listener, like, yeah. then you start, I mean, it's, it's just, well, you know, you're, you're the, 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 the quickest way to uh, turning people off is like the, the desperate seeking of their validation. Yeah, yeah, So yeah, it's yeah. like you got to, I think like on the, that's a great, on the creative on the creative side of things, I think you have to just really just be honest about what is challenging for you and what you want to hear and what what's rewarding for you. Yeah. On the presentation side of it, you can think about the 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 listener all the time. Like we 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 try to approach everything that we do on the presentation side of it is like from us as music fans. Like what would be cool? Like what would I how would I like to, you know, what kind of artwork would be cool as as a music fan? You know, like would our our shows, our production. But on the creative side, I think you have to like just ignore all of that. So was this album? Uh, and I'm not even trying to sound dramatic. Was it just calling to you? Is it something that was just in your heart to make? Uh, well, I mean that you know, the album is called Integrity Blues, and uh, why? <laughs> I think it's definitely something that we we felt like we before we started working on it we felt like we needed an answer for that otherwise what are we what, are, what is any, any of this about right um so we got off the road from our last album uh which is called damage and we did a couple we did about a month of uh anniversary shows for an album that was 10 years old called futures yeah and um rob told me about that he went rob bill he loved it I yeah. wanted to go. I couldn't go. And as I couldn't go to your show, I really wanted to go last night. But uh, I keep missing you. Uh, and now I've done to you the thing that people do to me, which is like... Uh, I was totally going to check su- you yeah, out, exactly. Why, what am I supposed to say to that? Uh, sorry I missed you. But the point is... I really wanted to go. <laughs> but I heard about the Future Store, and that was an exciting idea for me. Yeah. And then last yeah, night, in, was, a, in a small venue like that, that would have been awesome. It was cool. I mean, but it was also kind of exhaustive and... and um, exhausting yeah and uh exhaustive in the way that you played every track too yeah we exhausted the record <laughs> we live we exhausted the the album yeah did you um, play it in order every night yeah really yeah we just did the album and then took a break and then came back and played like a you know another 45 minutes of, wow. of other random stuff cool that's great yeah was it maddening no it was great but i mean the 
Driven snow. We, we just... <laughs> you're asking... I mean, it was... It... No, I'm not trying to get any dark side out of you. I'm just... I, no, I... no. I mean, but it's a... People ask that, and I, oh, I, it's, it's a curious thing that I think people want to know. Like, don't you get sick of playing these old songs? I guess and... in the same order. See, I do a oh. lot of the same material. It's the mixing up the order that helps me keep yeah. it fresh or whatever. And I have to well, say, it's a very cool, talking about a music fan, to hear the album in order is the right yeah, choice. Yeah, it's, it's not... Awesome. It's, it's a special thing that we wouldn't do, you know, regularly. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was something different. And there were I songs, love that you enjoyed it. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's like a couple thousand people freaking out over something that you did. Yeah. Like, that's a negative thing. But it's a hard thing to stay... Wouldn't you agree? It's a hard thing to stay in touch with that sort of stuff. I'm not a musician, but as somebody who occasionally gets requests to do a bit or something at a show, uh-huh. it's a challenge. And I don't do it every night or, or yeah. more than once uh, in a row. It's still a challenge to get into that space where you can mean it. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and your music yeah. is you have to mean it stuff. You can't just... It's not like I'm not putting down Daft Punk, but you're not mixing records. You're singing and you're emoting. I think that's one of the reasons why people connect so deeply. So here you are going on a pretty emotional roller coaster, almost like a newscaster that has to read this story and feel concerned for a kitty and this story and feel bad for a murder. You know what I mean? And you're doing that emotionally, track to track. I, I think you just have to let go of any expectations when you go up on stage Mm. and just kind of let it unfold as Mm. it's going to and you know respond accordingly to the feedback Mm -hmm. and just you know just try to connect you mean the feedback from the audience live yeah yeah you can feel when something's working or when something's not working and that determines your like i'm sure you you know that determines your pacing that determines like how chatty you are or uh yeah or how not chatty you are well you're trying to find them Right. Yeah, you're feeling it out. You're trying to find them, and but but the whole time you're present with it. So it's it's and it's a unique experience. You might have you might have played a song like you know a thousand times, but that moment's unique. That's right. So you got to like, be I aware think, of it. I think that's unique. I think a lot of people have a hard time getting into that space. I'm not even talking about other creative people, professionally creative people. I'm just talking, it's hard for anyone. To enjoy lunch with mom again. Forget playing futures again. <laughs> yeah. It's hard for people to eat breakfast again. But there's something transcendent and beautiful about going, no, this is the only time I've had breakfast. And this is the only time I've played this song. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's, that's up-leveled thinking. And I guess I was trying, and we've done it, to uncover that that's what you were doing. You're being present. And that's something you should be lauded for. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> It's inspirational. It can be, it can feel like lonely work sometimes, but then you just got to kind of check yourself and get, you know, get present with whatever it is that you're doing. And then that, right. that kind of makes things, you know, there's a difference between working hard and just being real damn busy. <laughs> That's interesting. And I've never you know, heard that. Sometimes, sometimes you got to like check yourself and like, am I working hard or am I just real busy? Yeah. Most of the time I'm just real busy. Wow. And and you know like you can find gratefulness for the work. Yeah. That's great. I love that. I haven't again toured as extensively as you but there are days it's a tricky for thing sure. going physical, into physical the fatigue. Yeah. And you know your voice I'm alone by by I mean I lose my voice doing stand up. There are no that high notes that I have to hold or anything. Do you do you, um 
I'd love to talk voice tips. Do you do like any like warm ups and stuff? Like I do warm ups. I do. Yeah. Brrr, I do that a lot. Uh-huh. What do you do? I do all that. You do that. Yeah. You got it. I, got I have it a vocal steamer too. A vocal steamer, like a neti pot. It's called a Mavis. I I believe it's called a Mavis. It's not a neti pot. It's like a humidifier that straps onto your face. Everyone thinks it's a bong, <laughs> but it's or oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> It is yeah. just wet oxygen, yeah. But that really helps. Those, those you think are so? real good. Oh yeah. Well, it's just the same thing as holding your head over a steaming yeah. pot of water. I've tried all that junk. No good. Well, I mean, it feels good, but I don't think it really. What the only thing that's going to really do it is just kind of keeping keeping things in like conditioning or singing you know, properly. You mean? Yeah, trying to avoid avoid uh, avoid uh, you know mechanical problems. Yeah. I lost my voice like pretty bad once on tour. Really? And um, Yikes. I was afraid because I mean, it's like if I, if, if, if like Zach, our drummer's like not feeling good, he can still play drums. Yeah. But if I can't talk, the whole, the whole thing goes off the rails. It's kind of, it's sort of a lot of pressure in that sometimes. Uh, for and, sure. and I get really anxious about it. So I didn't add no voice. Yeah. Fortunately, we were kind of in the LA area and there's like lots of like entertainment. ENT doctors that did that, you get injections and stuff? Well, I went to um, I went to a guy who did like the whole scope thing, and I was just you know in, like an endoscopy, in like uh, just ch- you know like checking down your throat and yeah. seeing seeing what's going on with your cords, and yeah. um, I was just so worried that it was like that I would I would need like that it had like polyps, techni- yeah, polyps or it's need a, surgery, but it's a gross word. It's a perfect word for yeah. what they are. I call these polyps. Yeah. Nailed it, Dave. The uh, or or stero- or need like steroid shots or something. Yeah, it turned out it was acid reflux. Interesting. Just like popping up and frying my my cords at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like everybody has some. I, yeah. I had an endoscopy as well, which it sounds like you got a camera down your throat. Yeah. They're gonna find reflux. <laughs> yeah, like save the procedure. Yeah, just start treating your reflux because that's just, what it is. Yep. <laughs> no, it's it, yeah. It was so really how did you get rid of that? Just you know. Altering behaviors and uh, antacid, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, sure. On show days, yeah. Do you, uh, Scott Hutchison from Frightened Rabbit? Do you know Frightened Rabbit? At all? Yeah, yeah. I'm buddies with Scott. He did this podcast. He said, uh, and he was like, "It's not just because I'm a Scott. It's because he drinks whiskey, hot water, and whiskey like a toddy." I guess. It's yeah, like that's the only thing that works for him. For uh, I used to think that like Jaeger or. Jaeger specifically. Yeah, I used to think that that was like helpful, but it's it's not. You're, well, it's dehydrating you at some you're just, point. You're just partying. It doesn't do anything. Uh, but do you like to be a little bit loose when you go out? I, I, I go through phases, like no alcohol, nothing like that. Then like I've had friends that are like half a drink or one drink or whatever. Do you do anything like that? Um, sometimes it helps me to get into that place where I'm like, this is it, man. Like it has a heart opening quality sometimes. I'll put it this way. I have friends that will pour half a beer out because it got warm. Mm. That's not me. <laughs> you mean they they love alcohol so much that they want it to taste right? No, I mean I mean like well, you'll drink a warm beer. Uh, it means it means that uh, <laughs> it means that I don't drink at all. <laughs> Wait, it means you love to drink. That means that I uh, well, it means I don't drink at all. You stopped drinking, yeah, because you three years. Oh, good for you. Yeah, that's amazing. But there was a time when you really enjoyed. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, into it. Yeah, it's a tricky thing. Were it's your, tricky. Were, did your parents drink? No, not at all. No, I mean rarely. They drink like normal people. Interesting, because I'm surrounded genetically. I'm surrounded by yeah. alcoholics, and I have to like keep an eye on it all the time. Interesting. Uh, yeah, 
That's I, not. That's rad that you're aware of it, though. And, like it's on your radar. Yeah, I, but they, it's weird that here I am, kind of in praise of alcohol. I've noticed that, uh, like, if I watch Transparent, I will. Yeah, have you seen Transparent? No, no, no. It's a great show. I'll love it. But if I have a little wine and watch Transparent, I'll cry the whole episode. <laughs> Like right. the whole episode. Right. Not in that sad, like, drunk cry. I mean, like, there's just a softening that sometimes helps me. But that being said, I'm totally aware of what a what a yeah. gross and ugly thing it can be. My father and my mother both stopped drinking because it wasn't great for them. So I, I'm kind of aware of, of that for myself. But did you go through the I – mean, you don't have to talk about this if you don't want to. But was it like a program thing or did you just quit? Uh. No, I, I I embraced recovery. Yeah, you did the thing wholeheartedly. Really? Yeah. Can I say good for you? Because I've had other people that I know just quit, and if if they don't do any sort of ceremony or ritual or some sort of process that you might call recovery, even if it's just like a cleanse or getting away or whatever, it doesn't necessarily feel you know the term a dry drunk, somebody that stopped yeah. drinking but they still act the same, still living in the problem. Exactly. Instead of living in the solution. That's right. Yeah. What helped you get out? Uh, just, you know, example of other people that had done it. Is and, that right? And seeing, you know, like, okay, I'm going to do what they did because they have it together now. And they didn't. And then, you know. When were you – so you were definitely doing music. It was only three years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do you feel that your work has improved? Because there's so many stories. I love those stories of like – Bill Hicks stops drinking, stops doing drugs, and then goes through like this amazing period. And here you are not drinking. You just put out an amazing record. Do you feel cleaner? If, if, um, if that was better, I'd still be doing it. If drinking was better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like if I didn't, if I didn't like who I was right now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Isn't that funny? Yeah. So you're not necessarily... Maybe there was some suffering or some discipline involved, but you're happy with where you are. Yeah. And do you feel in service of your art over yourself? Like if you were like, look, it sucks, but I can only write great music if I'm drinking or if I'm what this, this, or this. Hmm. I've heard that as, as like a, um, from, from creative people thinking like, I can't, I can't, I just can't paint unless I'm high mm-hmm. or, you know, I, I just can't write a song unless I have a beer and a cigarette, you know, it's like. I know writers that way too, specifically with cigarettes. They, they're like it helps me think, or whatever, which it does. Nicotine is a mental stimulant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, there's yeah. I, I get you. I don't. <laughs> I don't mean to be like go smoke. I just know. No, no. You I'd could like, take yeah, some, some people... nic- nicotine gum and have the same effect. Yeah. I don't know. I think that like it's well for for my experience, my my perspective, which is the only you know the only the only the only place that any of this is coming from. Um, <laughs> it, it 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 just seems like you're 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 just trying to cover up something. Mm. Yeah, I understand. Like that's you're not taking the hard look at your exposed nerves. Is that what you mean? Yeah. If you're thinking that you need you're 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 maybe you're maybe you're spending your energy on the wrong target. You know that like you need to. I need this. I need X to feel good. Mm-hmm. I need X to uh, be able to be functional or to, to work. And if I took away that, I don't know what I would do. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's, I guess that sense of fear, mm-hmm. that sort of uncertainty 
in, in, um, you know, I, yeah, this sucks, but I know it, I'm familiar with it. And you know, it's, yeah, I, I don't like it at all, but, but I'm terrified to do something different. You mean when you're stuck in kind of a cycle of addiction? Yeah, or or, if, or, or, or just like that that example of like I can't I can't I can't work unless I have a couple. Mm-hmm. Like, well, really? Yeah. Or are you just scared to do something different? Right. Right. You can't really. You can't, or you just don't want to. Like, right. Or you're just afraid of it. Well, sitting in the full weight of being alive can be heavy for people. <laughs> Sure. Wouldn't you agree? I'm not saying this is a reason to drink. And I don't even think that's necessarily why I drink. And I'm not a, I have to drink to create. It's kind of the opposite, to be honest. But uh, sometimes the weight of having my full functioning brain can be too much. You have to be the same. I mean, you're a writer and a musician. I mean, that's a double dose of, you know, the creative. It's not a burden. It's a gift. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah. But I relate to Daredevil getting in that sensory deprivation tank at the end of the day because he just needs to, like, shut it off. Right. So, again, not in praise of alcohol, but I understand the itch to get out of something. Do you have ways out? Is is music your way out? You know what? And that everyone has that. And, you know, if you can, if if alcohol or or drugs are your way to do that and you can handle that without being an asshole or taking down everyone around you with you, then awesome. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) You know, do your thing. Do your thing. Just don't be an asshole. Yeah. It's fine. You know? But uh, I believe that's the golden rule. Yeah, do your thing. <laughs> don't just be don't asshole. be an asshole. No, it's true. But it was getting in the way. I mean, it, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't constructive. <laughs> it was all. there some sort of conf- confrontation, or were you like? I'm just is- realizing that you know, like I just don't like where what I'm where I'm at, and you know, I'm doing. What am I doing about it? Yeah, nothing. I'm I'm, I'm doing nothing about it. I'm doing you know. So it, I got to do something different. Yeah, and that was reaching out. You know. And reaching out and getting help. Yeah. And then having great friends. That's so essential to me is having somebody else that like inspires you that you're like, this guy did and this guy's like my hero. Yeah, 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 totally. There's no substitute for that. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, good, 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 solid support is, I mean, everybody needs that. Yeah. Do you know Rob, Rob Bell? Yeah, a little bit. He's one of those guys for me. He's, it's not that he, yeah. Uh, quit drinking or anything like that. So it's not like literally one for one what we're talking about. But he is one of those guys that I'm like, when you were talking just now, you reminded me of him. You're like, you can't perform without a couple drinks, really? Have you tried? Like, that's such a Rob yeah. thought. Yeah. He's no. like, what are you doing? Just try it. Joseph yeah. Campbell has this great quote that I love where he says, never stop dying. It's this idea that we should never stop letting go of who we were and becoming something new, death oh, and yeah. resurrection. So stopping drinking while on a very basic surface, we're just talking while waiting for a bus level. I could be like, good for you. That's healthy. That's clean. You're in control. But really, there's something deeper going on that's lovely, which is honoring your, your impulse, the direction that you feel like you should be going and, yeah. and dying to that old self and being like, look, I've been the gym that did this, this, and this, and thought right. Jaeger was good for his throat. And now I'm being this one. And yeah, isn't sure. that that's yeah. novelty? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, uh, and I think that's one of the, the the that kind of thinking gets, you know, I, I it, for me, you know, embracing and, and working recovery really brought out like that when you are willing to accept ideas outside of your own thinking, like you will achieve reward 
literally beyond your expectation. Interesting. You know, and outside a, of your own thinking, like yeah. something that doesn't even fully make sense to you. Right. And inviting yeah, it well, in. Yeah. Outside of your familiar. Outside that, of like I don't your, mean like your, it, it's counterintuitive or whatever, but it's new. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. agreeing. You let it can, that it can be it can be counterintuitive because like your ego is fighting you on sure. on like whether or not you should actually let go. Or... But this is why. Sorry to interrupt. I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> no, no, no. All good, dude. The idea of letting in. What was I just reading that was talking about? Like this is why people need teachers and gurus and people outside. It's hard to like wake yourself up, sort of thing. Sometimes you need someone that nudges you in your bed. Yeah. So you need to let an idea in that, that's unfamiliar to you. But that is so fascinating. The the brain has this capacity to let a foreign element into it, just an idea. Mm-hmm. You know, it's vague. It's not physical. And then rest, have tea with it, and then maybe it stays. Can you think of an, an example of a thought that was mind-blowing and maybe even seemed wrong that changed you? Something that you picked up along the way? That's a tough question. Yeah, I don't like. No, I don't. I don't know. If, I don't want to put uh, you on the spot. Uh, I, I think. I think that my experience has just been like you know baby steps, and like you know you take a little step and you see, oh, this is cool. You take a little step, oh, this is cool. Yeah, and that's that. That becomes the process becomes a reward in itself, and that gives you the that solidifies your resolve that that's what I should do. This this you know I don't really want to go do this today. I'm definitely going to do that then. Oh, interesting. You know, like because. I know what I'm going to get if I do this other thing that so, I've been doing, you know, in the same way. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You're going to keep getting the same result by doing that. Same I mean, that's thing. kind of what led us down the path of a uh, of a uh, uh, coming into this new record. Is you know, <laughs> it's funny how it, it it just that 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 kind of thinking has sort of taken over my entire existence now. That you know? idea. Yeah. That you know finding yourself arriving at a place that you didn't expect is 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 uh it's exciting and that's literally what life should be yeah there are a lot of sad stories and too many examples unfortunately yeah of people that just end up in some sort of cul-de-sac well, i don't yeah. mean literally i just no, mean no, no, they're no, doing totally right. loops in a cul-de-sac i mean emotionally physically, you're spiritually. chasing chasing your ideal expectation is actually a very limiting way to live hmm you know what I mean? Like I you're do. just cruising so, with blinders on, and what like, was your I ideal this, expectation? I want you were like, this. this is, I want this. Yeah, and not not letting in things, what's actually things that you already things you have. Yeah, that are what's well, like playing the same you know, song for the millionth time, right? Yeah, it's waking up to what you have instead of going like, oh, this isn't. Well, why doesn't you know? Yeah, the yeah, it's sort of <laughs> getting getting in that rut of well, just. Uh, accepting reality, mm. <laughs> you know, like, and then seeing what I'm reality. on tour in Germany and these people are freaking out over the song that we wrote. Yeah. Like this is bad at all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like really? Like if, I guess if it is like, I should stop. Right. <laughs> I shouldn't do this. If I think, if I really think it's bad, well, this it's, is... it's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's like, who gets to do this? Right. You're touching on a lot of things that I've been thinking about lately. One is, uh, all we have is our behavior. Which is very empowering. It's very interesting. There's nothing yeah. you can control, but you can control 100% of your behavior. Chemically, maybe you can't. Maybe you're grumpier, this or that or the other. But you have your behavior, and that's all you have. Letting in new ideas and letting them shape you and dying and resurrecting to your yeah. old self and to a new self. And then uh, I forget what the third one was. <laughs> you made me think of three, and I remember two out of three, and I feel pretty good about that. 
Hey man, it's all about it's all about progress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what were we just saying? Because I'll remember it. We're talking about your before like, I yeah, brought chasing, up playing songs. Oh, your, your ideal, your ideal. expectation. Well, I mean, it that's could be, the idea. It could be something as simple as like working on a working on a song. Yeah. In itself, like, or you know, your I want this song feels like it should do this. Uh, you know, there's this really cool guitar thing I did that I want to be featured, and you know, you could you could be racking your brain and not working and not working and not working, and you got to realize that the thing that is going to make the song work is to you know kind of kill your darling and get rid of the thing that you thought was really good, yeah, and then you end up with something that's different, but but works yeah it isn't, isn't that you, funny yeah. even that has to never stop dying the, the guitar riff yeah. that you wanted featured that you thought was going to be the hook that was going to make the album the best thing ever ends up going and this is all i'm doing by the way because we're editing the tv show and we're like the line yeah. that when i wrote it i was like this is the episode isn't in there because the thing yeah. wanted to be this other thing and right. there's this weird surrender to that and that's here you are doing that in your life killing things and surrendering to things and then you're doing it in your work it's no surprise yeah you gotta i mean the the ideal the ambition the goal i mean you need those things you you need you need direction for your effort right but i think you have to also be in constant check of reality and in constant check of um what is the data here mm. you know positive data is like okay you know that's that inf- positive data negative data it informs the direction of your effort mm. you got to be constantly checking yourself in that like I wanted this to work this way. The reality is it's not working that way. Mm. What do I need to do? Does it want to be something else? Or do I need to alter this? Do I, you know, either got to change your expectations or change your direction. Right. Don't seal off. Yeah. Don't, don't be stubborn with your goal. You have the goal and that gets you moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. But you're saying don't be afraid to sidestep or, or move this way or that. Depending yeah. on the, the the data you're getting. To me, everything comes back to sex for me. It's like you're thinking you're going to have one type of sex with your with your partner, and then you realize the cues they're giving you are suggesting another type of sex. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe you think you're going to have like slow uh, romantic sex, and maybe they don't want that. Maybe they want it to be – you understand. I don't have to give you other examples of sex, but you're listening to cues from your lover. Similarly, you're listening to cues from your music and your and the experience that your fans are having. Or whatever it might be. Everything. Yeah, everything. You're listening for the cues in everything. Everything. Yeah. That's right. But not checking out. No. No, you can't. You know, because then you're missing the cues. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you're going to... But this goes back to playing the same song. Sure. That earlier question. It's like you're being there and you're like, yes, I've done this before, but I'm, I'm looking for the cues. And that's one of the secrets to a vital life, meaning filled with vitality. Um, I hope so, because it feels like, you know, this is kind of... It's sort of new for me to em- just embrace the acceptance of of uh, being okay with the present, and, yeah. and you know it's it's very liberating. Mm-hmm. You know, well that that was the sorry. No, no. What was that? Was the it's, other thing that you were bringing up was where are you going? It's like when you're writing a song, you're like, I'll be happy when the song's a hit or whatever. But when what I hear you yeah. saying is. You have to be. Oh, that's never in our mind. That's never in our mind. Yeah, for sure. But like, even when you were in recovery, baby steps. It's it's like instead of thinking about the end goal, you're trying to enjoy where you where you are. Right. That's a tricky thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, you got to slow down and, um, uh, you know, just 
put put the put like what you were saying, you know, you're responsible. You're only you're in control of your effort. Mm-hmm. You're not in control of of the outcome. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's how, so good. You're in control of the effort, not the outcome. Yeah. So let go of your expectations of the outcome. I mean, you, pay, pay attention to it because that's your data for how you're for your direction. Right. But you know what you can do is is just put forth the the the, the highest quality effort that you can. Right. That's interesting. So was there some sort of disappointment with Jimmy World? Again, to me, it's, you're just like a huge band. No, what never. What did you have to adapt that you were like, oh, I thought it would be here? Or maybe you thought personally you were going to be somewhere? Or No, I mean – What from, did you have to let go of? From our pers- – I don't know. I, I don't think that like – I feel like it just needed to. Um, I don't know. It's a good. It's a good. Uh, Maybe there isn't an answer. Maybe it's not about that. I don't think so. I mean, we we're just. I always felt like we did a great job of of letting things, of taking things in stride as they come, mm-hmm. um, and you know, not getting worked up over over the the things that you are just out of your control. Mm. You know, like whether. I, I get asked about like like young bands, you know, because we've been a band for twenty three years now. Wow! And people are like, how do you do it? Like, you got any advice for like younger people coming up? And I just, and, you know, I tell everybody the same thing. Like, the only thing that you can control is being proud of your work. Mm. That's it. You can be smart about opportunities that come to you, but you know, there's, you know, you're going to make mistakes there. But what you can control is like being proud of the things that you put out. That's right. That's it. And the thing, this actually goes back to the German of it all, which is why are you doing it? And something that's come up on, on this podcast before, because I repeat myself, is that you make the art that you wish existed, right? And you're making the music you wish existed. The way right. you're phrasing that is something you hear something and you, 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 you just pursue it. You get, an, you get an idea and you pursue it into existence. That's right. I like to think like clocks tell time and musicians make music. And it sounds like that's what you're doing. I guess, <laughs> you know, it's sort of like, I just, I don't, for whatever reason I, in, in, you know, I gravitated toward music at a, at a really young age and it's always been this thing that just was, you know, why do, what, do you rewarding. remember why it went drew you to it? Uh, the discovery, I think, you know, the aha moment of like, oh, this sounds like something, you know, playing your own. Stuff. Yeah. Oh, this is cool. This where do you I'm, get your I'm first playing guitar? music? Yeah. Like that was just such a, you a, thought it was an exclusive kick. club, but here you are playing a chord and it's a song yeah you wrote it was, a song. It was just a, such a kick that like i kept with it how many people are on the other side of that wall by the way it seems so huge but it's not that big but it's like the idea on the other side is i could never be a person that wrote a song you know what i'm saying but like if you did it even if you wrote a bad song at least you could say all right i wrote a bad song and now on to the next one but i think a you lot have people... to you have to write bad songs <laughs> yeah still you have to write bad songs for like, sure you got to on purpose, go and write bad songs. That's great. Because, like, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, you can't, you can never be afraid to write a bad song. Well, the we say this in the room all the time in a writer's room is you go, the path to a good joke is, is paved with bad jokes. It's oh, like yeah, terrible, of terrible jokes, terrible jokes, bad jokes. And the only reason we thought of that joke was because we were making fun of your bad joke, you know what I mean? Or right. Whatever, in right. a good spirited way, obviously. But that sounds like, um, collaborative lyric writing 
Is that, do you do that? No. <laughs> I have, I have, like, when I'm working with somebody, like, I, I've done co-write stuff yeah. a little bit, and, you know, I, uh, I'm, which is interesting. With Everyone, the show that we're doing now, I don't, I don't like being in the room. I break off to the room, and then I like to give the room what I was writing alone. I like being in that. See, this is fascinating for me, like, um, sacred space. Like, listening to you, listening to your guys' podcast and, like, Marin's, it's like the, 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 the inner workings of, because I think stand-up and, and comedy writing is, is like a similar, but, but completely, you know, I don't know anything about it. Like I know, I know the music side of things and I yeah. think there's, there's definitely similarities, but just like, for sure, like songwriting and, and, you know, sketch writing and, 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 and building, building an hour stand-up. Like that's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a discipline that like, I think is, it's a lateral discipline from, from songwriting oh, that, for that sure. I would is say related. So. It's fascinating think, to me. Like, I think, I, I say this all the time, and Brian Regan said it uh, first, but he talks about the comedian is a musician who, and his instrument is the audience. So you, you're writing these lyrics yeah. that build and go somewhere, and then the noise supplied in the gap is not noise, you know, the sound uh-huh. isn't laughter, it's the band, it's the music, it's the yeah. instrumentation. I did, last summer I did uh, like a month and a half where I was just doing solo gigs with an acoustic guitar. Oh, cool. And, you know, like when, when you're playing with the group, you're responding to what other people are doing as well as the audience in the band. You yeah. The yeah. Band. You're listening, you're responding, you're kind of, you know, it's a collective momentum that you're, you're sort of following around and trying to, uh, you know, jump in and contribute to when, when it's appropriate, mm-hmm. but by your, but solo, it's like you, you alone are responsible for the, 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 uh, momentum mm-hmm. and direction. Well, that's a, that's, all, all the time. Yeah. And like, you know, it's just you, you can turn it off and, and on when you need to, depending on the feedback from the audience, but it's like, it's sort of terrifying. There's something that it took me, I think it was around the seven or eight year mark, and it was because of my friend TJ, I really was watching him and learning from him, uh, was the idea of riffing with yourself. Uh-huh. So there's this idea like it's easier to do improv because it's me and you and we're doing a scene and I say paper or plastic and you know we're in a grocery store and if we fail, we fail together. You right. know what I mean? But when you're a stand-up, you realize that you do have all these partners. You have the audience. Sometimes they're not there for you, though. But then you realize you have yourself. So you uh-huh. have what you're saying, but then you also have all this feedback that you're getting from your subconscious, and you can kind of interact with that as if it's another person. Right. I know that doesn't really make any sense, but no, you no, re- I could see it like like you know, crack. You're just cracking yourself up. And, That's right. And over time, in practice, like that, you can turn that into um, a tool. You realize the the smallest number of words, the fewest words possible needed to include the audience in your own inner sort of turmoil. Right. So when you say that about like being, being on that side of the wall of like writing songs, I think about like being on that side of the wall of like stand up writing. Yeah. Cause it seems like that would be insane. Well, I mean, it would be the same sort of advice. Exactly. Yeah. That you write bad jokes. See, I mean, like I would describe songwriting, like what I do is, or, you know, there's, there's some kind of thing that, that sticks with you. Like it, your inspiration, I guess it could be, oh. it could be very small. It could be a big concept. It could be very small, but just for some reason, like it doesn't leave you, and you got to, you just feel like you got to pursue it. Mm-hmm. So you start, that, you start. It asking, nags you. It's like yeah. a burr on your sock. Hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I've been thinking about this for a couple of days. I should probably explore it. So, like, you start asking yourself questions about this thing, mm-hmm. and that leads to answers. And you ask yourself more questions about those things, and then you have this big tree of information. And then, like, songwriting is kind of like picking your line of how you want to fall out of the tree. Oh wow! I love that. 
Because all the info is there. Yeah. And then you have the luxury of the embarrassment sort of, of riches, all the yeah. different ways you could go. Yeah, you sort of like do, at least I do, like overthink every aspect of, of every everything you can think of. And, yeah. then, and then just stop and I will say in 10 minutes, like just finish it. Really? So it's think, 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 think. Don't think. Song dumps out. Yeah. That's what I just said. Janet Leigh, the episode bef- that'll come out before this. On Mad Men, I say this so much, but I'm almost done to the listeners. Don, Dra- <laughs> Don Draper says, so probably Matt Weiner wrote, uh, to come up with a great idea, think really hard on it for a week, then stop thinking about it, and then it'll show up one day. And that's yeah. how I feel. Yeah. Nowadays, I know uh, that a joke is going to insist itself on me. I have lots of ideas, and there's lots of things that I'm writing down. And some of them are silly and light. Like I was just watching a Michael Jackson documentary. Uh, we, were, we just realized we had never watched some of those iconic, like Barbara Walters or Oprah. So we're like, let's uh-huh. watch Michael Jackson interviews. And they were talking to him about Wacko, Wacko Jacko and if that hurt his feelings. And he was like, I won't do the voice, but he was like, yes. I'm a Jackson, not a Jacko. And we laughed so hard that I was like, I have to tell this on stage. He took offense with Jacko, not Wacko. He was like, hey, it's Jackson. The brand is Jackson. Exactly. You're offending my last name. Michael, they're calling you a Wacko. Yeah, you missed the, the key. That's the point. Yeah. He, he focused on the wrong point. So funny. So that's just a joke. But then there are other ideas that you're like, I know – the joke is going to keep throwing rocks at my window sort of thing. Yeah. It sounds like you can do the same sort of thing. It's like something hits you, and yeah. it's not as urgent as in our younger years, I wonder. At least for me, it's not as urgent. Back in the day, I'd have to write it down and be very sometimes, disciplined about Sometimes, it. like, you can, it, just, it just, you know, maybe you don't have to overthink. It just spits out of you, and, and it's, it's, it's there. It's yeah. done. But, yeah. I mean, in most cases, in most cases, it requires, like, at some point, you're going to hit a block. Yeah, I mean, if you can write, just go. If you can, if you're in the zone and you're just going, go. But yeah. like, if you can't, then I resort to the like the you know build the tree, fall out of the tree kind of. I love idea. it. Oh, the path down the tree. That's such yeah. a lovely image. I will say uh, your lyrics are are my Google history. I'll have a song of yours in my head, and I have to Google specific lyrics. Like they oh they to hook get the song. Like, what, what's that song? Uh, it says this. It yeah. Happens all the time. Yeah. More more than other bands. So there are these little phrases. Like uh, cherry, is it lipstick or chapstick? Cherry lipstick, I think. It's an old lyric, so I, I hate to put you on the oh, spot. Um, Never wash it off my face. Yeah, it's from Night Drive on Futures. Yeah, so that's see, Google is there for both of us. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you have to Google, it. but like something like that. I hate having to look up my old lyrics when we're. Uh, when we're, we're you ever? When bl- we're, yeah, I like, hate to put this even in your consciousness, but have you blanked on lyrics? I'm sure the audience all the time just scream them out all the time. <laughs> really, all yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah, all the time, man. I usually, I usually like try to make it into an endearing moment, though. Like, oh, people love in, it. The next verse, like, I hate that. Yeah, you know, it's like I. Some people get so upset about that. Oh, really? Like when when things go wrong on stage, but I, I've I've come to see it like that's, um. Like that's an opportunity. Of that's course, such an opportunity. It we, is. we did we did the show in. That's in, a real comedy thing, by the way. We did we did this. Yeah, yeah. I you're, was at the you're show. You're in the comedy zone right now. We did a gig in Manchester. You're just in the performing arts zone. I guess so. A mistake I mean, is a good thing. It's yeah. It's, mistakes are golden. It knocks you right into the moment. So you go on. The uh, yeah. Who wants to go see an Oasis show where they play everything right? Yeah, I saw. No, the- you want to go. You want to go see like something like visceral and you know. I saw the national play, and they started playing an old song like 
from Alligator or something, and it's this beautiful arrangement, and it's in this weird time. And then uh, Matt, the singer, like messed it up, and then they started over, and he messed it up again, and he was like, uh, "Fuck it, we're just not doing it." And everyone cheered, and that's, I mean, yeah, not much else other than that. They played great songs, and that's what I remember. And I remember that it yeah. put me into this novel space, and I was like. The same thing happened. I know uh, he, he's a, a bad person, but I saw Bill Cosby, uh, and the mic went out, and that's all I remember when I was like twelve. Right, and I, so same point. Yeah, if you can, you were saying a specific story. Oh yeah, yeah. We 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 played a gig in Manchester, and we were doing this thing. We had a mobile truck recording the gig, and then after it, you could buy the show. Yeah, they, they mixed it and then oh, had wow. CDs ready at the end of it. And I was listening to it, and like what was really funny is like we were playing "Sweetness," which is one of the bigger songs on Bleed American, yeah. and like a little bit into the verse, power goes out, but not for the truck. So the truck's recording. You hear like power go out. You hear like Zach playing the drums just acoustically, and then <laughs> ah, and like there's like a minute or two of silence, and then the power comes back on. Like, yeah, it's like all right, everybody, we're gonna do this again. So like we start up the song again. We get we get into the verse. Power goes out again. It's like ah, yes. And I was just thinking like this is. This is an amazing recording. Yeah. This is so cool. That becomes a treasure. Yeah. It becomes a treasure. It's yeah. like, oh, this is hilarious. The things we didn't want to happen took us to the place where we needed to be. Yeah. And that, I mean, getting back to what we started talking about, you know, I mean, that just comes with, you got to be present and, and realize that that's. That's a gift. Yeah. That self-awareness in the moment of, of it all is like, if you're, if you're just really cruising on that, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Last night, like I had a, a, a kind of self-aware moment. We were uh, we were starting a song that starts off with like a four on the floor, so it's called "Let It Happen" mm-hmm. from our Chase the Slide thing. And, yeah. and like, you know, I was I was getting a new guitar, and Zach started the do 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 do. Our bass player starts clapping over over the top of his head, trying to get people to clap along. And I just I just like looked around and realized where I was, and like I'm gonna see how long I can let him clap. <laughs> That's hilarious. And I was like I was like looking at him like. And he was just like, oh, come on, man, come on. Because <laughs> he's waiting for you to come yeah. in. <laughs> That's amazing. So I was like, I'm going to, this is, I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to see if I can let him clap here and That's see what he does. That's so good. That's hilarious. But I mean. That's how we feel as an audience, by the way. It's like, yeah. how long are we going to do this? Yeah, come on. <laughs> no, man, you got this. It's great. It's gold. Keep it going. Keep the clap going. <laughs> That's great. Well, I think that's one of the reasons we find lip syncing so offensive is when the power goes out during a song or you see that you guys are clapping and a, and a kick drum for a longer than usual. Mm-hmm. Again, going back to sex, suddenly we know the person isn't phoning this in. Like, it's happening. It's not a pre-recorded yeah. track. Your vocals didn't start coming in yeah. even though you weren't playing. So it's, like, very human. Like, Honestly, ro- robots don't make mistakes. They make mistakes sometimes. Yeah, you know. But humans make mistakes. Honesty is really attractive. That's right. You know, people crave it, I think. That's why, like, knowing your lover's hand... Lover's such a gross word. Knowing your partner's (laughs) handwriting. It's such a nice thing to see... Those are the things... Like, uh, my girlfriend Valerie says things, T-H-E-E-N-G-S instead of things. Things. You know, the words like that. That's what I love! Don't say things. Like, sometimes she'll say legs instead of legs. Legs. I say legs. She says legs. Yeah. And she's like, I can say it legs. And I was like, never, never, never don't cut the power yeah. during the song. Character, you know, it's exciting. It's attractive. Character, yeah. yeah. Who they are. Yeah. 
I love it. What did I write down? That's oh, cool. I mean, that's kind of yeah. And if you're if you're being honest about what you want to hear on a creation side of it, I think that you know we've done a <laughs> connecting a dot from a while back here. Like that's I think we've done a great job about about doing that. Like just being honest with ourselves and what we want to hear and what yeah. we think is challenging, what we think is rewarding for us as musicians, and I think we've just been fortunate that our you know the people who have found something they can relate to in what we do, like that's, I think that's a, a big, a big part of it. You yeah. Know? Like it doesn't matter. We have, a, we're really fortunate that we have a, a ton of fans that like actively seek out what we do regardless of that's it. radio, regardless of, you know, internet virality. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, they just, they just, they just like what we do. And, yeah. I, and I'm, I don't I'm think it gets any better than that. Going back to no. Brian Regan, one of my he one of my absolute favorite comedians uh he's amazing he is a level of fame where he he puts it this way i think he's like i can go to disneyland you know what i mean like yeah. he, he's not harassed or bothered and he happens to be everybody agrees one of the absolute greatest comedians of all time and he's like i can i can go to starbucks nobody bothers me so that's a guy that i i feel like might have been aiming for seinfeld and then was like holy shit i have a ton of fans who really give a shit when I go yeah. on tour? I mean, that's that's what you want. That's what you want, right? I mean, well, this is this goes back to the mantra: Where are you going? Where are you going? You you'll be happy when you're there. Look where you are. It's exactly. an amazing thing. Yeah, I mean, one of the if I had to categorize our new album as as like you know being about any one particular thing, it's 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 just kind of that that realization that all. The, the the only thing we have is that we're in, you know, a state of progress mm. all the time. Hopefully. Yeah. Can I, I've, I haven't said this one in, in a couple hundred episodes, but I love it. It's a rabbinical teaching, two ladders. There's a man that's up towards the top and there's a man that's towards the bottom of the ladder leaning against the wall. Somebody says, Rabbi, which of these men is greater? And the rabbi says, whichever one is still moving. <laughs> forward like if you're stuck at the top or if you're moving at the bottom it's better to be moving at the bottom moving at the top stuck at the bottom it's all about having somewhere to go this goes back to never stop dying never not never stop looking for that thing the next dragon to slay the next challenge the next internal demon or what not i don't mean demon but you know what i mean the thing to wrestle with that exciting this is why i'm up in the morning this is why this is why germany why you're making the new record because there was something in you and you found it and it was a niche you had to scratch, and that feels good to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they're not questions. They're just me no, saying, no. I mean, that's, saying things. It's, it's totally true. You know, I think that, like, why um, – I don't know. It's just it's a, an exciting time to be doing this yeah. for us. And it's, there's never been a better time to have access to your fans outside of things that you just mentioned, like radio or internet – do you say v- internet? I forget what you said. <laughs> Virality. Virality. There's a ways to find our, your fans. Like this podcast was my way of finding my fans. I yeah. didn't know that when I started. Here I am, white as the driven snow. I'm just saying I did it because I wanted – because I like doing other people's podcasts. Yeah. But then it helped me connect with people that not just would like my comedy but like what I think about and what's important to me that kind of comes through in the comedy or whatever. And that that is – real amazing success I, I think that's really great stuff it's never been a better time i think in the history of 
of recorded music to be a music fan. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes sometimes I think we take it for granted. Like, we have the basically the Library of Congress accessible on our phone, on demand, anywhere, anytime. I feel about that. Like, you used to have to go to the Museum of Television and Radio in New York to watch Richard Pryor on The Tonight Show. And now I could show it to you on my phone for free. Yeah, along with anything else you could think of. Also, any song, any movie, any TV show. It's really crazy. Yeah. It's a great time. I, I selfishly wanted to tell you, and thank you, because I love your music. And oh, thanks. I, was divor- I got divorced when I was 28. And um, I heard, I'm sure you get a lot of talk about the middle. I, I mean, is that your biggest hit, single? It, it had the most reach, for sure. Yeah. It was, it was on the radio a lot, for sure. At, yeah. At least in whatever I was listening to. I just remember that song... Here it is. It's just kind of like a positivity anthem. Maybe that's not exactly what it is written as, but I think it was used that way, you know, like played yeah. that way. And that's what it reached me as. So I was in my car touring alone. Uh, so yeah. sad. I had a psychosomatic pain in my balls. <laughs> so I was taking like six Advil every 45 minutes. I swear I, my liver is probably wow. still recovering because I was in constant pain yeah. because I didn't get angry or sad or anything. I just bottled it all up. Very Irish, Lithuanian. So then my nuts literally start hurting, like a bad play. Like I I manifested it as my wife metaphorically kicked me in the nuts, and then I felt pain in my nuts, literally. (laughs) So I'm driving alone. I'm in the Dakotas. I'm driving between like two air condition repair schools for noon shows and cafeterias or whatever. And music meant so much more to me. Comedy glamorous work there. Yeah, Yeah. comedy started meaning so much more to me because I got a taste of the darkness. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, oh, this is what light is all about. Light is about like driving these feelings out. But I was feeling them for the first time. I had a very charmed life until I was 28. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, shit, this is why people crave art and solidarity and, and especially music. So it was this very long ride. And I was listening to the radio. And there were a couple songs that really kind of changed my life. One was the Dropkick Murphys. They, they, I'm from Boston. This is very interesting, I think. In times of uh, trial, in times of uh, – what's a better word for trial? Intense stress, <laughs> uh, adversity. tragedy, adversity, people become much more um, clan-oriented. So like I had never considered myself from Boston. Like I am uh-huh. from Boston. But like when I got divorced, suddenly I was from Boston. <laughs> and so the Dropkick Murphys are on and the song was The State of Massachusetts. And it's making me cry because yeah. I'm like, I'm from Massachusetts. This is my people. This <laughs> exactly. Is my theme. I don't know any of these people, but I'm like, this yeah. is my stuff. And then the middle came on, uh, you know, maybe not right after, maybe not even the same station. But it did. It did that thing. I, I mean, I'm sure you've gotten this countless times, but it did that thing where my heart was hurt and I heard it and I was like, holy shit, it is going to be okay. It do- I don't mean to quote your lyrics, but it just does, it does take some time. It's going to be all right. Like, I, I, I don't yeah. know if you look at that song as like poppy or whatever. Why am I assuming that maybe you think because it was a hit, maybe I think you're like, oh, that's our, that's our pop hit. But that song meant still does mean stuff to me. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it carried me in a very low time. So yeah, I, I it's, listen to it constantly. It's pretty, it's, pretty, it's pretty special. It's pretty amazing that, like, that song still today is finding an audience and connecting with people. I still put it on like, whenever. Yeah. Yes. Go. New, like, new people, like, that weren't around when, when that was, you know, having its first ascent. Yeah. 
it's uh it's pretty it's pretty special it's, yeah it's, you know I, I don't take it for granted at all um well i mean we, a lot we uh listed a p.o box for the band in the early days i think we had an aol uh <laughs> we had an aol uh email account and a p.o box that people could write we thought we were like you know cutting edge of, cool. of uh of something yeah and uh you know was this like a junior high girl wrote wrote us a letter about like not being accepted by like the punk rock kids at her school wow and for some reason like i just thought of that like it's it's kind of first off it doesn't matter like you can't see it right now but that doesn't matter right like your life is going to be so much different and 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 twists and turns and this will be a nothing nothing in the grand scheme of things and you know screw them man like you know that's not that's and that's the antithesis of of anything i know about punk rock is you know accepting and you know not judging and you know like that's these 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 kids are just being assholes right you know like you you don't need them anyway why you why are you bothering to chase the validation from these these people that just you know you don't you don't need to be friends with them anyway yeah and is that and why that, you wrote this song? Yeah. No way. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so cool, man. I always thought it was like, I mean, I liked it and I thought it was fun, but I didn't think it was like, it, it, it just happened really fast. Yeah. And I thought it was kind Did of Did you like, write it quickly? Yeah. That's yeah. That, I thought uh, it was, I thought it was just sort of this fun thing. I was just kind of exploring and then, I, you know, added it to the pile that we all decided to record for the record and it made the record and didn't, you know, how sometimes like things that happen easily aren't you don't perceive them as being worth as much as things you just labored over yeah sometimes yep sure and you have this perception like that one is better mm-hmm. and like why can't you see that this is better right <laughs> i did this song it has a measure of six eight that goes right into a measure of four four yeah and then this really hard thing i did on a guitar it's like, right nobody i don't cares. care yeah i don't care they just want to feel song? something they want to feel something yeah this other thing just does it just you know just works well, speaking yeah. of Mad Men, you are okay. Uh, something else, Janet and I talked. She was a writer on Mad Men. Is the message of advertising, uh, which means it's just the prostitution of an idea that we're all very attracted to, which is you are okay. Mm-hmm. And that song will never tire of being told you're okay. Whether it's a punk girl that's excluded from the other punks, or sad sweet Pete driving eating Advil, yeah, going you're okay. It's going to be okay. And I'm sure that story has been. I mean, it's not new. And it's, but it, you know, the, the, the exploitation side of, of, of using that as a marketing tool aside, like it's true. Right. Like you will be okay. Yeah. I mean, you, you have, while, while yes, it's true that there's adversity. It's also true that like, you know, I think there's a, you know, you can weep at the door that just closed behind you but you're missing out on the truly cosmic number of doors in front of you that just opened. Mm. <laughs> like what, what's true? Mm-hmm. What do you want to be true? Like, Which way are you facing? Yeah. That's great. It's, 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 it's real that you have an unlimited number of choices in front of you and you can do whatever you want. Yeah. That's what we say. Or, or you can let this, this adversity cripple you and be miserable and that's your choice. Right. That's your, like you were saying, like it's, it's your action that you have that you can control. Right. We, that's right. We did a T-shirt. It didn't sell very well because it wasn't funny. But I thought it was great. It was just 
uh, a circle, which is the logo for the show with a face on it, and then arrows in every direction. People said it looked like the Blink-182 logo, which I wasn't aware of. But anyway, it's the idea that you're oh, yeah. free to move in any direction. I feel like right. people forget that. I love that Jake Johansson has this great joke where he says, I lived in Iowa, I think it was, until I realized we were free to go, <laughs> which is such that's a good. great joke. And that's yeah. the cosmic number of infinite doors in front of you. And I, I think, you know, this is something that Reggie Watts said, and this is something that Janet said. It's about, like, taking a different route to work. It's about if you always go up the stairs with your right foot, go with your left. Like, we realize there's a lot happening. There's a lot of novelty. There's a lot of possibility. Literally, it's true, as you're saying, in any given moment. But we get into these habits and these grooves and we just kind of act the same way all the time. It's like yeah. whenever I have lunch with my mother, it's this way. Well, what if what if you're the change? What if you're the thing that's like, no, we're not doing that. What's this like? And you change it and you're different. And what's that? That requires you to, to you know, counterintuitively check your ego that what if I'm wrong? What if I what if I'm what if I don't got this? You know, like what if it's not? Yeah. What if it is me? It could be you. For some reason, that's difficult for us to accept. That it could be you. But it's so dumb, like, because it, it is you. More yeah. often than not, it's you. Yeah. In, in, I, haven't, I haven't come into a, a situation where it's not me. Because you keep getting the same Or, or you, don't, you don't take the action like it's... You, you, you just accept that it's true that it is you, and you take that action to make something different, and it works out better. Right. Maybe it was me. Maybe it was not. I don't know. But it's better now. Right. I love or it can be. Can I ask you a question I thought of a long time ago that I didn't get to? Which was when you were in high school writing music, did you feel or do you ever feel – did you have to get over a hurdle that your feelings aren't valid? Because if you're a senior in high school and you're writing songs about whatever you're writing about, I remember when we were in a band in high school, I was like, what am I fucking talking about? Like, I don't, sure. I don't have a car or a girlfriend or a job. I'm a fucking weird kid in high school. Do you still have to go green light your own feelings and say, hey, what I think is valid and it's worth being sung about? Uh, you know, I, I, I view it as like that, um, that kind of riffing to yourself is, is sort of what is, is sort of like the song generation a little bit. You know, like um, you, you go through the process of thinking about like a um, – an issue or something. And, you know, there's all those, there's all those like little ticks that, that kind of tell the story in your head. Um, and, uh, while that's important to you, yeah. In the grand scheme of things, maybe it's not like, you know, something that you feel is like really deserving of a, of a pedestal for the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I mean, does that, should that keep you from trying? Should that keep you from writing? I think that keeps people on the other side of the wall. Yeah, I mean, you got to let go of that. Like, and I and I I combated that with like, yeah, this is important to me, but you know, I'm not going to talk about anything, and that's going to be like the way that like I get around that. It's like because, dude, I mean, okay, so you know, girl I was dating in college didn't work out. Like, that's a problem. Mm. Really? Like, that's you're going to go and and say, oh, this is so important, right? Really? It's funny. You're, you're you're the only person in the world ever in the history that like has. But people make so many albums out of that. That's that's such a sure sure. I mean, and it's, it's almost a mitzvah. <laughs> yeah, and it, it it's 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 worthy exploring that. Just you know, you gotta you gotta explore what you're passionate about, and if if that's really where you're at, like you gotta go there, even if you know this isn't a huge sure. Deal. I mean, because that's I mean, because then the option is you don't come up with anything, you don't do anything, so you gotta go there. Right. But I mean. 
Yeah, I guess just take it with a grain of salt. And also, like, you know, I've always had kind of a little bit of um, self-confidence issues. Oh, really? Yeah. That's yeah, totally. I mean, well, you know, younger for sure. Yeah. Or just the idea that we're getting away with something by playing music. And frauds. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Well, frauds. But Every I mean, comedian feels that way. I wasn't calling you guys frauds. Fraud, but but no no I, I, I totally get you fraud fraud <laughs> no we all kind of feel like fraud sometimes yeah, yeah. Uh, uh I mean just more 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 not necessarily like frauds but just that I need to put this in check I need to keep this in perspective like this is ridiculous that mm. we get to do this so <clears throat> how did you get over the lack of confidence was there something that I think helped? somewhere around 2007, I just accepted that, like, oh, wait, I do this. <laughs> this is what I do now. Wow. <laughs> I play music. But hadn't you been playing for 15 years at that point? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's still, I still roll with a little bit, like, you know, this could go away at any moment. Yeah. Like, yeah, we got, we got, you know, things are good right now, and we're proud of the record we put out, but, like, you know, what if, what if that kind of goes away? Mm. It can. It happens all the time. You know, like the first the first thing in Don Passman's book is like, you know, your your career is finite. Mm. Like and I, I took that to heart. Like wow. it's whether you know, it's true. Like Yeah. I was just talking the, to somebody about that about comedy. I was like, it's a boom right now. It's a boom. It's like a cash grab. We have to like go and make everything that we can because people are giving money to projects right now. Uh-huh. But that could go away, like the eighties. Comedians talk about that yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah. There's a huge comedy boom in the 80s, and we're clearly in some other boom now. We're like, ah. you can get into that scope where you're like, yeah. maybe in five years, people won't give as much of a shit. Do you think that's just because like um, new 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 media has allowed it to connect and scale to a to a level that that yeah. is, is is different? I and think people are trying to get in on the ground floor of that. Maybe I think communicating thoughts in a in a funny way. There'll always be a market for that in some, always. In some way. Always. But you can say the yeah. same about music. It just depends. Your thoughts and your music is what we have to keep an eye on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like people always want to hear from people. You kind of have to make sure that you keep dying and changing and evolving yeah. and growing. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That goes back to the question of why. Because you guys are trying to keep the pulse alive. The ever-present the ever question of why. <laughs> it's Speaking always of, on the tip of the tongue. We always, I, I, uh, we always talk about the meaning of life. Were you raised religious uh, at all? Uh, I did. Uh, yeah. I went to church. What flavor? Baptist. Baptist, okay. Yeah. Lively or just regular? Regular. Kind of boring? Regular boring. You know, I went, I had, um, I had the, the, um, it was it was a it was a good time, you know, like especially like around the the teen years of of being in, uh, you know, just a really. I think like you you're exploring in the teen years, definitely. I mean, this happens like kind of a lot of different phases growing up, but like you know, you're sort of testing the waters of your own independence, mm-hmm. and you don't you might not even realize why you have these feelings, but you just got to like, I I can do it, I can do it, I'll do it, you know. Yeah, and I think like having um uh. You know, like the 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 youth group kind of community that I had, like you know, Zach was part of it, and, and oh, really? Uh, yeah, like that was that was sort of a safe place to test out some of those things. Yeah, so I'm grateful for that. But there is kind of like a like high school felt like it's funny. The example I'm thinking of is inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> high school felt so much harsher, 
And then church was safer is the only point. I'm, it doesn't even need an analogy. You know exactly yeah. what I mean. So that is where I kind of started dabbling and being funny in front of people, leading worship and stuff, oh, really? playing music. And, and I was like, oh, it's okay. It's, it, I uh-huh. did that there before. It's almost like summer camp was the same sort of thing. This is safer. People seem sweeter here. And then at high school, it took time to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And you felt that way too. I mean, like youth group was a. Well, I mean, I just you know it was more about like the hang, just the hang. Yeah. Okay. I remember we had uh, we we watched Hell's Bells, the dangers of uh, heavy metal. Oh no way! Did it yeah. feature the ACDC song Hell's Bells? Yeah. Oh yeah. It was, <laughs> but it was like it was like ridiculous. It was like you know kind of like saying you shouldn't listen to the Eurythmics because they they tell you don't to mess with a missionary man. Like oh the one God. person that can lead you to sell like the message, like oh my God, know. you just oh or, there was a Sarah McLachlan song, "Building a Mystery," where she said, uh, "From a cross that died before Jesus came" is a line. Do you remember that by any I chance? I don't remember it. That's what the line is. It's just so silly. And like, somebody was like, "That means she doesn't think Jesus came back. Like he's not coming." Right. So the cross. I'm like, it means it's from another faith. And she's like, no, I mean, she doesn't think Jesus is coming back, so we can't listen to Fumble right. towards ecstasy. Right. Like that, <laughs> was that, that, that <laughs> I mean, I never, yeah, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't. You didn't buy that. into it? No, not really. You never got no. the fundamentalist bug? No. No. How did you avoid it? When did you start going to church? Like as a, as a young kid. So you just were savvy? I you guess. You were discerning. I guess. It just sort of like. Or was it, is it, 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 it? I don't know. Having like, good it, friends. it just seemed ridiculous after a while. <laughs> I mean, now I would say that like I have a a, a conception of God, but it's but it doesn't look anything like religion. Interesting. What, is, what does know? it look like? It's uh, well, you know, like I, I uh, you know I. I took a I took a really hard look at like what my my conception of God was, mm-hmm. and uh, safe to assume it was like a kind of a well, it just it, it like you know everything I thought about the word God, and it, it was it was like mostly I realized that everything I was thinking is like it doesn't have anything to do with God; it's people. Mm. <laughs> like like I I have such a negative outlook on on God because of you know people like mm-hmm. using using religion as as like a way to. Um, behave horribly, justifying their own fears. Mm-hmm. Sure, you know that's kind of the way. I, uh, so you lost your faith in people. I lost my faith in people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Is, doesn't exactly. Rob have a book called uh, "Jesus Save Us from Christians" or something? Oh yeah, he, he probably does. Like that, yeah. yeah, probably went over really well at, <laughs> at Marcel. <laughs> but I relate to that idea for sure. Cho- yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, I mean, since since coming to that, I've I've realized that's not a a unique perspective to have but it's so it's so true because like man it seems like so much of organized religion now is just all about staying out of hell and right. so little of it's focusing on any kind of spiritual health afterlife insurance spiritual fitness yeah, you yeah, know yeah. it's like oh, come on right the here and now is gone it doesn't the, matter yeah, so a lot of conventional religion says play futures just get through it because this isn't your home, you're going to go to heaven. Then you'll be happy. Talk about where are you going. That's the ultimate where are you going. And yeah. focusing on that, but saying I have an answer. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to be there. Forget your brother to your left or your right or your sister in front of you or behind you. You're just kind of like, you can 
I'm talking about myself, by the way. I'm not talking about other, I can't speak for other Christians. I would get caught up in the idea that this is just a dress rehearsal for later, 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 later. later. Yeah, I saw that a lot yeah. with people. You know, I just, I guess. So did you I've get, come, oh, go ahead. I mean, I just think like, you know, <laughs> you want to talk, you want to talk cosmic. Is, 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 think about the cosmic odds any of us exist. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Know? I mean, like. Forget that's, a band wanting to split us seven yeah. inch with you. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, and I think that's, you know, that's sacred. Mm-hmm. That's great. I mean, my, my, my concept of God is like that I don't, I don't fully understand, but I, you know, faith in, um, in, in, uh, you know, just the path. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been shown over and over again that, you know, you're rewarded by, by by focusing on that, focusing on the on the yeah. it's interesting. It it is kind of a, um, an idea you see in Hinduism, which is like being a carpenter, like really fully being a carpenter, will expose all the secrets of the universe to you. Sort of that thing, losing yourself on the path, as right. you said, or being a musician, playing your part fully and doing your dharma, your duty, what you do, not not your religion in the dharma way, but like your job who you are in this collective body and doing that fully and presently will reveal things to you as opposed to, I do this to get a reward later. Is that what you mean by being on the path? Yeah. Yeah. My, my brain is swimming right now. Cause that goes <laughs> with so much other stuff we talked about, you know, like the, the, you know, chasing your ideal expectation mm-hmm. versus, being present with, with what you have, mm. you know, it's like, it does, doesn't you, it? You, if you're, if you, if you're grateful for things that you have, you kind of want less things. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're, if you're being, if you're being present with what you have, you're, you're definitely not, instead of focusing on all the stuff you don't have, you're happier. Mm-hmm. You want less things mm-hmm. and you know, you're more just, you're, you're able to contribute. Mm-hmm. A lot better, you know, because you're not chasing your own tail. Y- yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I, yeah, just I, mean, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we like to it's, say it's tough. It's 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 you know I'm fascinated by it. Yeah, but you're still interested in. It. I know that I'm not. I know I'm not God, and I'm <laughs> no one else's God. That's all you know. And, and you just roll with like that, and you just try to be, you know. Focus on who you should be. Your behavior. It goes yeah. back to all you have is your behavior. Yeah. That's that's kind of the best way I can honor that. What about dying? You into it? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, so, what, like, dying. <laughs> like, do you think it's over when you die? Are, you, are yeah. you open to it not? Yeah. Are you open to the idea? What is your gut saying? My gut says that... Uh, that... Uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's any kind of like consciousness transcendence. Yeah. I think like, you know, I I go back to the, I mean, this might be, this is sort of an ill formed idea because I haven't really spent a whole lot of time dwelling on it, but like, you know, matter not being destroyed, but just changing forms. Yeah. Like there's gotta be something to consciousness. Yeah. To consciousness that, that transforms into what? I don't know. Right. But I mean, you know, everything else has another purpose when it, when it transforms. Right. 
I, I mean, we talked about this with Janet too. I, often the things, do you have to go? Oh, I know what this means. <laughs> right now. now. No, well, no, I mean, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we just got the rabbit up. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Um, uh, anyway, the idea that even the world itself, it, if the whole world were destroyed, we're surrounded by infinity, and we know that that infinity remains, and every piece that was the world would be out in infinity. So everything, we over, get these over, Yeah, at some, at some, you know, really long, un- unbelievably long amount of time, like all that, all that matter, all the, 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 the um, elements would be gravitationally pulled into some other kind of cluster that right. might become something else. Right. At some point. Yeah. It's just point. melting ice. Yeah. It's like the water didn't go anywhere. It just went into the atmosphere. You know what I mean? Right. That was something I, I took mushrooms in the desert and I was holding an ice cube and I was like, the ice isn't going anywhere, man. <laughs> it's just going into the atmosphere. And that was, that that's was totally, that's totally a desert mushroom thought, <laughs> man. <laughs> Look, I'd ask you if you've taken, have you taken mushrooms? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Are you off you that know, too? I don't do anything. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, that sounded loaded. Well, that just, you'll do you know, I, as, as the, the stack of, of coffee cups around me show. I'm afraid of your manager. I feel like we need to get you out of here. Let me, uh, we'll, flying, do this, uh, we'll do the speed round. Okay. You're flying somewhere? Yeah. Oh, please. I mean, it would also just be completely legit that we've had you for two hours and it's not matter. <laughs> it's totally No, it's been fine. super awesome talking with you. You know, it's like, um, don't do, I don't get a chance to do any, like a lot of like long real, form. real long form, just, you know, conversations. Well, about we're stuff. honored to have you, man. Yeah, I no, it's, it's super great. I, I really appreciate it. It's, 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 it's a blast. And the album is called, I don't want to get it wrong. I know what it's called, but I don't want to get it wrong. Integrity Blues. Yep, that's what I was going to say. Uh, well, we always ask the one last question at the end, which is, can you tell me one of the times you've laughed the hardest in your life? It doesn't have, maybe it was on mushrooms. It doesn't have to be a great story. I'm not teeing you up to mm-hmm. be like, and then I open the door and there's a Steve Urkel is in there. Just like a time that comes to mind, high school, junior high, recently, it doesn't matter. Oh, man. I feel like I laugh so I laugh a lot. It's great. But I can't, you know, some of it's... It's, it's a good sign that you don't think of when, one right away because you have so many. Yeah, no, and But I think they're all like just... There, there's like a level of wit that you have to sort of tap into. And that's usually a couple steps down the rabbit hole. And I think if you're, if you're with, with a group of people and you're really connecting with them and you just are just so dumb with each other, yeah, you know, that, that <laughs> leads to, it leads to that level or just that's like sacred space of dumbness. I know exactly sacred what you mean. Space of dumbness. Like you tap into that <laughs> and no, you know, there's, there's a little, there's a little bit of like extra specialness. Cause you realize that no one else is there with you. You're, you're an uncharted dumbness territory. Yeah, and yeah, just yeah. laughing. It's a very unique space. It's a special sacred space that only you and your dumb friend got to. Yeah. And yeah. you get there. Yeah. With the band ever? Sometimes, like, you know, I, I've, I found myself laughing pretty hard about making our bass player have the audience clap for, for, <laughs> for a long time last night. I, was, I go, yeah. I'm starting, I'm starting to mess with everybody on stage more. It's fun. That's fantastic. Yeah. Because why not? It's, yeah, it's, it's good, you know. What else are we doing? What else are we here for? <laughs> yeah. I think we answered the, a lot of the Germanness. We got to a lot of the why. We got to the why. And some good writing yeah. advice. This was fantastic. I hope oh. you feel good. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, man. My it's a, pleasure. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, we were glad, so glad to have you. Check out the new album. Get the older ones. It doesn't matter. Get them all. 
and we have the <laughs> get them all. Just get all of them. It's buy like, one, buy them all. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we have the guests, and we have the guests say keep it crispy. So if you don't mind, would you say keep it crispy? Keep it crispy. <laughs> Ooh, pause. Yeah, keep it <laughs> crispy. For a second, I thought you weren't going to do it. I would have been shocked. Thank you so much. Yeah, out of, every, awesome. out of everything, that's the most. I just can't. <laughs> we talked about everything else. Yeah, not keep it crispy. Awesome. Thanks, man. That was yeah, great. No, thank that was you so, so much, good. man. It's it's really it's really awesome. Yeah. Now leaving nerdist.com. 